Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Moops TV. Today, I'm joined by Amy Goldstein. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Amy. Uh, those of you who've been around in the op space for a little while probably have some familiarity with Amy, but do you want to kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and where you currently work? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm Amy Goldfine. I'm head of marketing operations at Iterable. I'm based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. My pronouns are she and her. Um, I've been at Iterable for about two years. We are a cross-channel platform that powers unified and memorable customer experiences for leading brands like Zillow, DoorDash, Calm, and Box. Um, I'm on the RevOps team. Um, currently, we are a team of two, almost about to be a team of three next month. Uh, very excited exciting. And um, I'm also a three-time Marketo champion and I run the San Francisco Marketo user group. So been in the marketing ops space for a while, love Marketo, love marketing ops, and um, you know, really love educating and helping people. And that's why I really wanted to come share this. You know, obviously this is really fun to like talk about cringy moments. And I think you probably all will cringe. I've cringed listening to all the previous episodes. Um, but I really hope that people can, you know, learn something from this as well. Awesome. Uh, So you gave us a little bit, but approximately how many years have you been practicing marketing and revenue ops? Yeah, let's see. So I got into the sort of like general, I say like modern marketing, working at a tech company in 2013. I was doing email, webinars, campaigns, little customer marketing, you know, small team kind of doing everything. 2016 is when we got Marketo and when I like really realized that marketing ops was a thing. And I just like really fell in love with it. Marketo just really kind of like fit how my brain worked. And I loved the way you could like scale campaign ops when you're a team of one and you're trying to like get more webinars out the door. Um, I love the flexibility of it. I really like finally kind of clicked how it like worked with Salesforce. Um, I became Marketo certified in 2017 and uh, became a Marketo champion 2019. And now here we are, uh, end of 2021. Awesome. Quite a, quite a career. Um, I think I, (laughs) I started with Marketo kind of right around the same time in 2016 and it's been so fun to watch some of the improvements to product. Yeah. At what point in your career did the mistake we're going to chat about today happen? Um, happened about a year and a half ago. So far enough into my career where I was like considering myself, you know, pretty like I was hired at Iterable to manage our Marketo instance and, you know, I'd been there for like four or five months. Um, and yeah, definitely look, I've had moops throughout my career. I was thinking, I was like, what do I talk about? I could talk about the time I forgot to record a webinar. You know, everybody's had like email moops. Um, but this one's fairly recent. Um, I think pretty relatable. And I just really learned a lot from it, which I think is the most important. Uh, you know, if you make a mistake, it's not just like, oh, I don't do that exact same thing again. It's like, how do I improve my processes? How does my team grow? How does my own like understanding change from, you know, dealing with this problem? 
I'm personally cringing at the idea of being like four or five months in and making a mistake of the one yeah. that, like, like you made, <laughs> Yeah, <it's, laughs> because I know that's terrible. where you start to be like, oh, I'm so, I know our systems. I'm starting yeah. to feel good. My coworkers trust me. Like I'm so great. Yep. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of all that going on too. Yeah. So kind of set the stage a little, what were you trying to do? Yeah. So let me take you back. I don't know if you remember spring of 2020 when this major global thing happened that changed every aspect of our lives. It's called the pandemic. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> um, which, by the, yeah, which by the way, obviously we're still living in. Um, but you know, spring 2020, everything changed very quickly. We all started working from home. Um, you know, our ability to go out and do things and interact with people changed drastically. And so for marketers, a lot of us had to really change our marketing tactics, right? So we have a pretty robust field marketing program at Iterable and suddenly we had to pivot to virtual. So had to, you know, all of a sudden it was like, our, I think our field marketing team was like, do we still have jobs? Like, how does this, you know, had to figure out how to do virtual events. I'm a planner. <laughs> Somebody I know called this weaponized anxiety that I'm just constantly thinking like two steps ahead. So as soon as we like, there was a whiff that like our you know in-person conference was not going to happen in person. I was like, we got to talk about virtual events. We got to talk about plans, like talking to people about vendors, trying to get on the virtual event train. And we moved as quickly as possible, but we still had to move very quickly, right? Because I think everything shut down mid-March and Activate was planned for uh, June. So it was a really fast turnaround um, and trying to do something we've never done before. I've done a lot of campaign ops, right? Like I have a really great center of excellence. Um, we have a decentralized team. Our marketers know how to set up field events, webinars, gated content, but this was like a whole new thing, right? And this, the prep work we'd done for our in-person activate, we had to scrap and start everything over. So we're picture this time where you're just, everybody's running as fast as we can. We're trying to communicate as well as possible. Um, but there's a lot of silos. There's a lot of like trying to do things quickly. A lot of um, like scrappiness. And I really appreciate our marketing team. Like they want, they, they can be really scrappy and they have a history of like, just trying to get things done and just move quickly. But it became that like this Marketo program, like when I look back at it, it is a mess. And, you know, normally if you're a Marketo user, you're familiar with like the smart campaign, smart campaign being like a workflow. Oh, one filled out form. Oh no, we had 01A, 01B, 01C because we kept changing the form <laughs> and it kept changing what happened and we were adding workshops. It was great, right? Like I cannot believe the activate that we pulled off. We had a, at the end of it all, we had a really great virtual experience, but it's a lot of hiccups during the way. So that's, that's the headspace I was in and that's kind of where my team was at. You mentioned Marketo and yeah. you obviously mentioned pivoting to virtual event. So it sounds like Marketo was the primary system, but did really yeah. anything else come into play from a systems perspective? Um, it was really Marketo was the main thing, but part of the problem was the fact that we were collecting data in a bunch of different places. Um, so basically what happened is most of our registrations, we were supposed to be collecting registrations on our website. I think if you're a marketing ops person, you're pretty familiar with this, right? Somebody fills out a form on your website. Um, you have a trigger in Marketo to listen for the form fill. And then it does things like maybe add them to a static list, change their program status, Salesforce campaign, confirmation email, whatever, you know, other things need to happen there. So I was under the impression that all of our registrations were being collected on this main registration form 
on our website. Um, I find out on a Friday that um, we were collecting registrations. Customer marketing had been collecting registrations, something to do with registering people for these pre-show workshops. I can't remember exactly why, but we had like a hundred customers who'd registered not on our standard form. And I had not heard about this at all. And like I said, this is just how things had to be. Like there are a lot of silos moving quickly. We have a great customer marketing team. Um, you know, they are really like tight with our customers. They're trying to provide an optimal experience. So field marketing comes to me midday on a Friday and they're like, Hey, we have this list. Can you upload it to Marketo and register these people? I know you, I said list and you cringe because you mentioned yeah. on your episode that list list imports are like the worst way to introduce data. And I yep. totally agree. <laughs> um, and we have like pretty robust, um, list import, what I call SOPs, standard operating procedures. Um, so, um, and the field marketing team is really good at, they know how to do their list cleanup. So I said, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm like, let me just, let me just tweak the smart campaign so that, um, instead of, you know, in Marketo, you can have multiple triggers in a smart campaign. So instead of just being filled out form, going to add another trigger for, um, uh, add it to list. And then when I'm done, uh, field marketer, you can upload that list and everybody will get processed. The Marketo program, Salesforce campaign, um, you know, confirmation email, no big deal. So probably like two, I said to field marketing, go ahead and upload your list. You're good to go. I was trying to rush to get it done for two because I remember I had a vendor call at two. So I get it done, go on my vendor call, talking to him. We're talking on Zoom, blah, blah, blah. And I see my, I see Slack's like blowing up, but I'm like very much like I'm in a meeting. Like I can't, be, I can't be everything to everyone. I can't be available at all time, whatever, Slack's whatever. <laughs> And then I see that my head of field marketing calling me and I mean, right. So it's funny if somebody like in different generation or a different, um, work, work environment would think of a phone call as like a normal, Oh, somebody's calling you in like my industry. And in a lot of tech companies, a phone call means fire drill. A phone yeah. call oh, means yeah. like pick up immediately because we never talk on the phone. Um, so I said to the vendor, I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I pick up. I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, um, we're spamming our customers. And I was like, excuse me? And she's like, yeah, apparently we're sending the confirmation email over and over and over again to some people. And they're very upset. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, okay, hang on. I'm like, I'll get, get back to you on Slack. I'm like, just tell everybody that I, I'm on it. And tell them to like hold their horses. So I like hang up with her. And I'm like, okay. First deep breath. That's like my number number one tip. You're not going to get anything done if you can't like relax a little bit. And to get a little into like the neuroscience of it, um, if your amygdala, which is your fight or flight response, is like firing really, you know, over firing, your prefrontal cortex, which is the like part of your brain that's like actually like making decisions and critical thinking they can't fight they can't work at the same time so i'm like calm the amygdala is a psych major so calm the amygdala down a little bit deep breath because you know waiting one or two more minutes to fix the problem is not gonna be you know kill anything and i'm like all right what's going on my confirmation email i'm like oh smart campaign so immediately just like turn off the smart campaign um and i told her i'm like smart campaigns turned off let me figure out what it was and i was like qualification rules. It was the qualification rules. So in a smart campaign, you can set the, um, the number of times somebody can go through the workflow. It can be once, 
once every X days or hours, you know, a set period or every time for whatever reason, I'd set it to every time just because I think, I think, I think it's because some of those people had already registered. It was, I don't know. I created an infinite loop. There was an add to list trigger. And then there was a, there was an added to list trigger and there was an add to list flow step. Yeah. So it's just like, fortunately it was only a hundred people. Imagine if it was like a lot more than that, like it could have like crashed our instance. Was it, but then like theoretically anyone that also filled out the form now gets stuck in the loop. Uh, yeah. Fortunately we, you're right. Fortunately we had, it wasn't when we were like doing a major registration push. It was a Friday afternoon, but yeah. So yeah. So then, and then we like figured out, okay, that's what it is. I got back on a zoom with field marketing. Um, and they also like, you know, communicated to the rest of the company. Oh, and they communicated to the person on Twitter who was like at iterable. Y'all okay. <laughs> I mean, the great thing is we market to marketers, right? So like I said, iterable is a cross channel marketing platform. Um, our primary audience is like email lifecycle marketers. Um, so they get it right. Like they've all had email. Oops. They all, like they were like obviously annoyed, but nobody was like not understanding. So we craft a really nice, like funny kind of, you know, oopsie email. We, um, you know, get it approved. I had a marketing, you know, get it sent out. Um, yeah. So that's the, the sort of, <laughs> that's the, what happened. So you mentioned that obviously head of field marketing starts calling you, which is, you notice it. And like all of the clients are noticing at at this point, tell me a little bit more about the email that you sent out. Like, did you, how much acknowledgement did you have to the end customer and to the rest of the marketing team at Iterable? Hey everyone, it's Mike Rizzo here. And I'm interrupting your episode to bring you a brief message about, you might've guessed it, Mopsapalooza 2024, our second annual conference held in the vibrant city of Anaheim, California. We're hosting this hybrid event from the 5th of November through the 8th, and we would love for you to join us in person in Anaheim. But if you can't, please join us via live stream, courtesy of our sponsor, Excelibets. We're excited to offer an opportunity for professionals just like you to connect, learn, and grow among the best in the industry. Our event promises to be a highlight of the year, offering invaluable professional development experiences, live workshops, and of course, networking with your peers. Don't miss out on this incredible gathering right next to Disneyland in Southern California. Tickets are going fast. We will cap registration at 700 attendees. Secure your pass by visiting marketingops.com today. And we're looking forward to welcoming you to what is guaranteed to be an unforgettable event. It might just be the best event you've ever attended. But don't take my word for it. You can ask the community at any time. We'll see you there. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't pull up the email beforehand, but (laughs) it was definitely, we have like a really great brand voice. And so I think we like made some joke about like there are robots go at working overtime or something, you know, something, you know, we're really sorry. Um, You know, we're really excited to have you at Activate and this is not (laughs) our ideal experience. Um, But yeah, it was a very like, you know, um, so like humility is one of our values at Arable. So like it showed a lot of humility, but, you know, also trust is one of our values. And we showed that we like didn't want to break their trust. Um, and you know, 
we were like showing, I, I was very much like, this is my fault. I'm really sorry. Like I told everybody and the, you know, come like I admitted that I was the one who did it. Like I wasn't trying to hide. Um, and, you know, fortunately, like I said, we don't really have like a, a blamey, like finger pointy culture. Like nobody was mad at me. They were like, you know, and especially like it really was only going on for like 15 minutes, which was a lot of emails, <laughs> but like, you know, fortunately I was still at my desk. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it was in terms of, I don't think it like really like impacted my, um, you know, how people saw me at the company. I think in fact, the fact that I like was just really like immediately took ownership of it, um, which is, I think a really important thing to do, um, you know, made it okay. Yeah. I, I very much agree. You mentioned when you started, this is one that you learned a lot from. So talk to me, tell us about what you learned um, as a result. It was funny. So after this happened, our VP of marketing was like, we need to have a retro about this. And I will admit, I got kind of defensive. And I said to my boss, who's had a rev op or had a sales ops and marketing ops. Cause I'm on the rev ops team. He was like, he was like, no, you should really do it. He's like, it's a really good experience. Nobody's trying to point the finger. We just want to learn. And I was like, because I'd never done something like that. And I felt, I did feel a little bit attacked, right? I was afraid it was going to be like, you know, how did you do this? How, what was this like? But, you know, uh, unfortunately I had the weekend to like decompress from it. <laughs> I had a very stiff drink after work. Um, <laughs> and then you had the following Monday or Tuesday. Um, it was me, had a field marketing, other field marketing manager. And then our head of demand gen sort of ran the, um, the meeting. And we just, each one of us explained like what happened in our own experience, you know, what we, from our perspective. And then we each got to like ask them, you know, probing questions to like, make sure we all like understood what they meant. And then they, we each gave like recommendations for like how we could do better in the future. And it was such a great meeting. And like, so again, we're very values driven at iterable. Any iterator is going to tell you that our values are growth mindset, humility, balance, and trust. But I think you really need those things, right? Like growth mindset, you want to get better humility to admit your mistakes and trust to know that like you can be vulnerable and your coworkers are going to like be vulnerable back. And that's going to actually make you grow. Um, so we learned a lot from it. So one thing was that I had taken this request. I had not asked anything about timelines. I just assumed it was urgent um, because everything was urgent with Activate. Um, but it turned out they would have been fine if I'd done this on Monday, <laughs> you know? Um, and even if they had said, we need this today, I actually could have said, I can try, but it's Friday. I'm tired. I don't want to mess this up. You know, it Monday, you know, let's think about maybe doing it on Monday. Um you know, and that would have been perfectly reasonable. And everybody's like pretty reasonable about everybody understands about like priorities and timelines and balance. Um, so that was like a huge mistake. And I have that. I realize that's just like a personality thing with me. I always think things need to be done immediately. And often when I ask people like, oh, no, it's fine. Um, so, you know, that I think like uh, asking about timelines, setting expectations is like extremely important. Um, also, like for me, remembering to test. <laughs> Like, had I just tested one test record, I would have spanned myself and I would have figured that out and I would have adjusted it and figured out the best way to do it. Now, testing isn't going to isn't going to prevent everything. You know, there's occasion there are occasionally weird things that will happen that don't show up on test records because test records are like treated differently in your system. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can prevent most issues. Um 
you know, so that was a big thing. Um, the other thing that we realized is we didn't have a really good like internal process for this kind of escalation. And there was like, I don't know if you've ever been trying to deal with like slacks when there's like a fire alarm, but it's like so many different methods. Can you try and keep track of everybody and this person slacking DMing you? So it's like, how do we centralize that? How do we have like one place where everybody can talk about things in one thread? So everybody's on the same page. Um, the other thing that we realized is we were moving so fast that I actually was not really involved as much in the planning. So I would have known the customer marketing was doing this. I would have, um, I, maybe I would have suggested a different way to get this list. So it would have gone directly into Marketo, or I would have at least known, okay, I'm going to get this list on Friday. Let me prep for it and plan for it ahead of time. Um, and the other thing that we realized is it's, you know, it's really hard. Everybody knows it's really hard to be a marketing ops team of one, but it also is a, a, amount of, a fair amount of risk because it means that like only one person knows how things are set up. And we have other marketers who are more sophisticated Marketo users and our field marketing team sets up a lot of events. And so afterwards I went and showed them, I'm like, this is the activate program. This is how this is processing so that if this kind of thing had happened and I wasn't available, they would have been able to go on at least shut it off. They would have been like, okay, this is the fills out form, smart campaign. It's it's lit up. It's the one sending the confirmation email. Let's shut this off, you know, and then at least they would have like had that shut off valve. So yeah, I think it was like a really, really good learning experience. I think we were like better for it. Um, you know, nobody was really mad. Um, you know, it was like now I can look, look, look back on it and laugh. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like the worst, it's like the worst that can, uh, like basic computer science error, like don't make an infinite loop. <laughs> um, smart campaign qualification rules have, yeah. they're like the number one, I feel like thing that can cause issues. But yeah. usually it's on like the, why didn't this person qualify for this yes. thing side of things? Um, but an infinite loop. Yeah. It's a problem. If it, if I it, almost, yeah. I almost never set things and it's, you know, and that's the hard thing when you're doing campaigns that you're creating from scratch. I mean, mm -hmm. my, I always tell people when they're using Marketo, create a center of excellence, you know, you need program templates, you need really clear instructions about how to use those program templates. They need to be super tokenized. Like if you have, I had a marketer be like, okay, well, how do I create my own programs without a template? And I said, you don't. I absolutely, I like, they're not a ton of absolutes. That's an absolute. Like yeah. somebody who's like just a marketer should not be creating, you know, from scratch. But when you're creating from scratch, you're creating risk because it's something that's not tested. Yeah. Um. You know, and I think it's funny. I think like the other learning is that like, I was trying to do everything for Activate Ops on my own. And that was not like, that was just a lot of work for one person. And because it was like such a like last minute, we have to drop everything. I was able to clear out the rest of my schedule. Right. I was basically only working on activate for like two, three months. Um, but next, the following year, I got a contract to have, um, an agency. We, we, um, we have an agency that supports us that does a lot of different things. And I got a specific, contract for them to work on activate. I still had to do a lot of the, like, you know, figuring out what the fields are going to be on the form and how things are going to process. And, you know, I was involved in like the planning meetings, but then I could hand off to them for execution, which, you know, really like helped the, the bandwidth. Um, and actually like, I'm going to ask for a headcount next year for somebody to actually like 
own um, field marketing and ABM ops because it's just too much work. Activate's really growing next year. We're going to have a virtual conference, a big in-person conference, a bunch of road shows. It's too much for me and a contractor to own. I love your point about like knowing capacity and asking timeline on things too. I think yeah. so many people on ops are victim to every request is urgent. Um, yeah. And usually just being like, when do you need this by would solve a lot of people's fire drills. Totally. Um, and I think that's such a key learning for, for everyone in this yeah. space. Totally. Um, I know my boss knows this. I have a rule. Like we don't go, we don't ship things on Friday in my nope. instance. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't ship things on Friday. Don't do list imports in the afternoon when you're tired. Or Definitely don't a ship a list import on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so you talked a lot about learnings and some things you're planning on for Activate specifically for the future. Um, what other processes have you put in place as a result of this to help mitigate risk? That's a good question. I think it's more of like a mindset shift about like, even when we're really running fast, you have to slow down. Um, one of my coworkers said something which I thought was um, like really impactful is you can't move quickly on poorly paved roads. Um, and I think that is just so important. And, you know, and I think as I've been here longer and as I really built the trust of the marketing team, they've pulled me into things earlier. That's the one thing I just tell them, please pull me in early. Like it helps me plan, you know, helps me fit things in my roadmap. And I can actually, like, I can provide, I realized actually like in the past year, what I love to do, although like I'll always love building stuff in Marketo and I'll always like love the tools. I actually really like the operational strategy of it and getting in early and helping people figure out how to do things in a way that's going to like work best in our systems and give them the data that they want. Yeah, I love that. Um, so kind of wrapping things up with a couple of final thoughts. Um, what would you say to somebody who makes a similar mistake? It's just software. <laughs> Look, obviously you can tell from the way I introduce myself that I really love my job. I love my career. I love the community. I have a lot of friends in it. I take a lot of pride in what I do, but it's just software. Like I, so I have this, had this really great coworker, Jessica Schlachter, um, at my last company. And, um, she had previously worked for a company that made software for restaurants. And she had this phrase, burgers and burgers and fries, not saving lives. <laughs> and I just love that. Like, it just gives you perspective. It just gives you balance that like what you're doing is important. And like, you want your company to be successful. You want your company to grow, but like, you're, we're not doing neurosurgery. <laughs> um, and in fact, um, I made, I cross-stitched and I made this little cross-stitch. I made one for myself and I made one for Jess um, and I keep it on my desk. And it's kind of like my little anchor to remind me that like, you know, it's okay. Like everybody makes mistakes. And I think like them, I really love that you're doing the series because you're having, you know, you said that you just had like Justin Norris on, like everybody knows Justin, like he's been a consultant for Kudo for years. Like everybody really respects him. And like having somebody like him talk about moops, like just makes people feel better. And like, makes you realize that we're all in the same boat. Yeah. If you, if you have a marketing ops person who doesn't have a moops, either they're not a marketing ops person and they're doing things that are very basic or they're lying to you. <laughs> it's, it's honestly an interview question I ask. Yeah. Like, and I know a lot of people are in that boat, but totally. uh, if you don't have a good one, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I trust you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure I will tell this story, probably a little more condensed version, um, you know, in interviews in the future, because I think, yeah, you know, you want to, you want to show humility, you want to show your growth and, and, and all that. I think you also touched on something when you were talking that I've heard a lot of people mention in their episodes, but taking a deep breath um, is a, such a key element. And I loved your little insight into the science behind that. I think that's, yeah. uh, so impactful. And I yeah. know, like, I know I always feel better when I'm like, and yeah, now I know why <laughs> it's so, and being able to relax and it's really hard. Um, yeah. I heard this, um, like, uh, Stanford professor talk about how it's really hard to relax your mind with your mind, but if you like relax your mind with your body, so like taking deep breaths, doing like sort of body scan meditations. There's even one that I learned from our um, head of learning and development that I just love. It's called, um, I cut the call like the hand tricky. So if you're just like really stressed and you just, you need something like super focused, you just like trace your finger and you like breathe in and then you breathe out and you breathe in and you breathe out and you do it slowly and you try to breathe into your belly. Um, but you can even do that like you're in a meeting, you do it with your hands under the table, you know, like if you're like in a meeting that's making you really nervous. And sometimes if you're so stressed out, you can't even like force yourself to breathe normally, like, <laughs> like giving, giving yourself that kind of like uh, body focused um, breathing technique is really helpful. Hmm. I'll have to try that one. Yeah. I like it a lot. Final question before we wrap, uh, what advice do you have for fellow marketing and RevOps professionals? Advice for fellow marketing and RevOps professionals. I think, um, you know, having pride in your work, but also having the humility to know that you're going to mess up. You've, you're going to grow from it. Like, you know, um, no, you, you, you don't grow unless you take risks. And if you take risks, sometimes you're going to mess up. Um, you know, hopefully you have more successes than you do failures, but you're going to have failures and that's okay. Um, you know, it's really easy to be self-critical. It's definitely like one of the things that I have challenges with. Um, but you know, um, just, you know, knowing that that's going to happen, I think will help you accept it more. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your lessons and mistakes. Of course. With us. I, Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. I had a great time. Yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. thank you so much. And thank you everybody for, uh, for listening to my moops. Um, and I hope this was helpful for you. Thanks everyone. Moops. <laughs> <laughs>